1: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And, Jack, the Nets are advancing to the playoffs. They won the playing game against the Cavs, 115-108. How are we feeling?
2: Two from two,
1: baby. I can't leave. Yeah, you Jack, uh... We're gonna have to find you some type of marriage, get
2: you set up over here. Uh, I gotta get my no. If if that is the case, we need to bring my Scottish girlfriend over here as well. You know, gotta I mean, make you it could happen. marry
1: maybe Corey in the meantime or something. Just yeah, so yeah, <laughs> let's
2: do let's do a phony marriage with Corey, and then you know, once things settle down, you know, him and Lauren can do their thing, and 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 Vicky and I can do our thing as well. The priority
1: but, right now is the Nets championship. Right? Oh, it absolutely
2: <laughs> is, Nick. And I've, so many people have been telling me that I, I can't leave or whatever. And look, I love this city. Uh, I also love a, a lot of other places in the world, and I love my Nets, and I love it even more when they win basketball games.
1: And it was an incredible performance from Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. There was just a lot of things to like about this game. Jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But like you said, Jack, lucky enough to be at Barclays again, bringing those positive vibes. What stuck out to you instantly
2: about this game in the first quarter when the Nets took that 20-point lead after one? I'll go before that, Nick, because I met up with our guy, Matt Brooks. Make sure you check out. He did a little bit of a plane preview. His pot is back. He's firing on all cylinders with the clear out on the Blue Wire podcast network. And we were chatting about this game, and we were even talking about because we both were watching the warm-ups, and we saw that KD was locked in. Yep. He was dunking, like, ferociously. I could tell him, like... This is different from KD compared to that paces game. We were sort of going through the motions, throwing a few layups up. And Kyrie always throws like he's alley oops and he, yeah. you know, he he has his handles and his dribbles. He's always, you know, really sort of focused and and, and locked in with that sort of thing. But K and you you saw that in the sort of first half, his defense was extraordinary. Yeah. But in saying that, that's where a, a lot of the game, the, the tone was set, was on the defensive end. You got clacks playing absolutely yep. amazing on that on the floor. Bruce Brown, Kevin Durant, as we alluded to, and you know even guys like you know Andre Drummond chipping in here and there. Patty Mills chipping in here and there. You know they were just good moments all around uh, on the defensive end, and they lost that a little bit in in the second half, especially you know in that third quarter. But they, they did enough in the sort of first period to really sort of solidify the lead that they needed and hit enough baskets, you know, towards the end of the game to give themselves enough of a cushion. It wasn't a perfect game, but at the end of the day, all you need is a W. It doesn't matter how it gets done.
1: Yeah. And when you play a quarter like that in the first to start the game, like you said, Jack, it gives you that cushion, allows you to play with a little less pressure throughout. And yeah, there was definitely moments in the second and third quarter, even the fourth where you wanted them to be a little bit more consistent and kind of cut out some of those mistakes. But That run to end the first, that was just kind of a taste of what the Nets can do when they're playing on all cylinders. And, you know, you said it, Jack, when you had Kevin Durant blocking shots, forcing turnovers, and, you know, you had Nick Claxton end the quarter with a jumper, which is a rare sighting. It was just a lot of things were clicking at that point. And credit the Cavs, I think, for bouncing back in that second quarter and starting that with a run, but also, you know. Shame on the Nets for allowing them to get back in the game at that point because you knew that was going to be the case. And I thought there was a real opportunity to end the game in the second quarter, given how well they played in the first. And just the Cavs didn't even really have great momentum in that second. It was just kind of the Nets making more so mistakes. You know, that's where we had them step out of bounds three times and give Four up. Four times, I think it was, Nick. Yeah, one. I think one time was Darius Garland. So, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, like five points off rip because Seth Curry hit a three that was called back off out of bounds. Andre Dorman had a dunk that was called back on out of bounds. So it's just these mental mistakes are your biggest concern with the Nets because when they're clicking and locked and engage, we saw what happened in the first.
2: No, definitely. And like uh, I... I tried to take notes a little bit at the game. It's a little bit trickier. You have to sort of wait to the time. I'm making like mental notes. I'm like, okay, at 9-4, you know, Kevin Durant had this really awesome assist to, to Andre Drummond. And I think that the, the loudest moments of the game were the defensive moments, funnily yeah. enough, Nick. Nick Claxton's block. Kevin Durant's recovery block on Larry Markkinen. Funnily well, enough, it, it was right in front of... It, I had like a direct line to it and I'm just, I was hype as hell and then I think it led to a, a, a drum and dunk and then there might have been another defensive sequence that led to a Kyrie three. Yep. Um, it was just those momentum plays got Barclays rocking. It got Hove rocking. Got my guy Dermot Kennedy rocking as well, as well as Edie Falco from so- The Sopranos. A lot of celebrities there tonight. Even your boy Jack Manuel. He, he, well, <laughs> Let's classify me as a buzz celebrity. I was wearing the buzz t-shirt while I was there. Hove was a big fan of it. He wants to cop one. Let's do it for Rock Nation. <laughs> but in all honesty, Nick, that first quarter was, it was the game. Uh, and I think yep. that it's that's where the Nets were able to show their Quality and show that they are a, a team to be reckoned with can they replicate that against a much much better team in the boston celtics sans robert williams bruce brown might think so but i know that kevin randolph's so want bruce Brown to say what he thinks but ultimately you the nets play def, play defense and quality defense they're going to win games
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really that simple, especially when they're forcing turnovers and getting out in transition with the offensive talent they have. It's just creating easy opportunities. And you can see at times, you know, the Nets, when opposing teams are set up defensively, it can slow them down, stagnate them a little bit when they're out in transition, even semi transition off misses that's when they're really clicking and allows guys to just get downhill. And then all of a sudden the ball's moving, the players are moving, and you're getting wide open shots. I love the fact, too, is early in this game, the Nets really made an effort to attack the paint. And, you know, the Cavs still outscore them 60 to 50, but 50 points in the paint for a Nets
2: team that has been reluctant at times in driving is a nice number. And that's where I think that they, what they went away, away, away from in the, the second half. They sort of settled and were a little bit, lackadaisical in getting quality shots yep. or they, they, they wasted a little bit too much of the clock and they it took them like 5-10 seconds to actually get into some sets and it's sort of just like, alright, Bruce is going to bring the ball up, Katie, you're going to move, Kyrie, you're going to move, alright, I'll give you the handoff you've got 12 seconds to work with now. Whereas early on they were getting defensive stops and able to get easy baskets, you know, the half-court offense wasn't amazing tonight. Yes, Kyrie Irving certainly was. He only missed three shots, and he was—he didn't miss a shot in the first half. It was reminiscent of that Chicago Bulls game, uh, obviously with with much greater stakes. And he obviously was able to get to the line a little bit too. Some of those were to it, were towards the end of the game, but he also had some some awesome assists. And you know, some of his defense, you know, was a little bit overzealous at times, and. You know, there were times where you know Goran Dragic was out there, and him and Kyrie and Dragic don't seem to me to be the greatest fit. You know, I think Kyrie with Seth, Kyrie with Patty, mm-hmm. you know, more natural shooter. So I just don't. Uh, and Kyrie's a great off-ball player, and I thought that he also makes some really good cuts. Tonight, when Bruce had the ball in his hands as well, and, and Bruce was good enough to, to find him, Kyrie Irving's a, a really great and savvy cutter. And that's when the Nets do look a, a little bit better, you know, force the, the team to defend you. It's a lot easier to defend a, a stationary person than it is a guy who's sort of cutting and zipping and, and making little movements here. It's just um, a bit more unpredictable. And when the Nets are unpredictable, they're already, they can still obviously generate quality offense, you know, by being stagnant and in isolation because they've got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, two of the greatest shot makers we've ever seen. But you got to make it harder on, on, on greater teams. So the Boston Celtics, that's where it's going to be a bit trickier.
1: Yeah, Jack, and like you said, it's easier to defend players when they're stagnant, but it's also easier to help off of somebody when they're just sitting in the corner. You know where they're going to be and where you need to get back to. And that's important because, obviously, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving see an extreme amount of double teams. And a guy that was able to kind of capitalize on that tonight was Bruce Brown, be it with you know, his shot making or also his passing in this game. And maybe a couple too many shots. But at the end of the day, I thought Bruce was really good offensively, especially when he started clicking on that short roll with Nick Claxon for the oops.
2: Bruce Brad led the team in shot attempts tonight, Nick, <laughs> in a game where Kevin Ryan had 16, Kyrie having had 15 and Bruce Brad had 19. Now, a lot of that was, you know, he had three offensive boards also. And I think that There were times where Kyrie and Katie could have asked for the ball back, you know, rather Mm -hmm. than sort of and they sort of just like, nah, Bruce, see what you can create down there. And look, he was eight or nineteen from the field, two or six from three, nine boards, eight assists, three steals. Only the three turnovers, four fouls, plus 16, led the team there. 18 points, flutter with another triple-double there, Kev. I'm not sure he's going to be happy with that. I sort of like how Kevin Durant sort of puts Bruce Brown in his place a little bit. Yeah. You know, in the comments that I was alluding to earlier, Bruce Brown was basically like, look, Roy Williams is out, so we're going to attack you know, <laughs> Al Horford and, D- and Daniel Tice. And then they brought up that quote with Kevin Durant. He's just like, what the hell is he talking about? We don't do that shit. We just go out there and hoop. Yep. You know, Bruce is on that sort of caffeine mode, but that's Bruce. That's just the energy that he sort of breaks. So it's sort of cool that like, and I think there was also a moment tonight where you know, Bruce could have kicked it out to Kevin Durant and Bruce is just like, oh shit. Yeah, yep. my bad, my bad, my bad.
3: Bad, Katie stared at
1: him for like ten seconds, like <laughs> after the play, like yeah, you know, I'm Kevin Durant in the corner, wide open, like make the right pass next time. And he said the same thing to Andre Drummond before too. And I like that. I think accountability from Kevin Durant. He's also a guy that's willing to you know accept when he makes a mistake. But getting to Bruce, like you said, Jack, a near triple double, and I think him in the short role is going to be something that teams try to funnel to. Like it's going to be something that they want to do. They want to force the ball to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's hands. Even, you know, Seth Curry not shooting threes. Like, all right, let's see what Bruce Brown can do. And can he make the right play every time? And, you know, he made the right play more times tonight than he made the wrong play.
2: Yeah, and that's because Nick Claxon was in the right spots. That's yep. because, you know, they had adequate shooters. Obviously, Seth Curry was an amazing tonight. But, you know, Patty Mills was there. You know, KD, Kyrie. You know, the in the first half the Nets were shooting the the three point ball a lot better and then you know they generated poorer looks in that second half as we sort of spoke and they about. They just
1: missed some good looks too, especially and, Seth. You know, I felt like he had
2: two good corner threes that he usually knocks down and they just rimmed out. Yeah, definitely. It's just it was just one of those nines for Seth and and hopefully you know he gets the rust out of him in, in this game and and bounces back against the Celtics. But Bruce is not making bad decisions, you know, a lot of yep. the time. He'll he'll might be a little bit over the top and 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 back himself a little bit too much, but you would rather him have that confidence than you know because it's it's in his nature to to have that bravado about him, yep. to be strong, to to go up, to get in the the opponent's face, to talk a little bit of trash, to be a little bit a little bit cocky, a little bit arrogant out there because that's the way that Bruce Brown plays, it's the way he generates energy for himself and the team. You know he's. Putting up like unheralded stats, Nick. This is a guy that is, you know, a role player and a, a guy that is just so atypical. As you know, what does a what does a guy who plays like this, you know, garner as a a contract? Yeah, you know, it's just so weird because. He's now kind of shooting the three ball okay. He's an incredible rebounder for a guy that's 6'4". He has playmaking chops in the short roll. He's an awesome screener. He's really physical. He's always going to get you one or two steals and maybe a block a game. He's obviously a wonderful defender. He's, and he's a Brooklyn net. And that's the one thing that I'm very, very happy about because I think going forward, he's going to have Plenty of value for the Nets in hopefully what is a, a a deep postseason run, and hopefully begins against the the Boston Celtics. But look, hopefully Bruce can continue to bring it because his consistency has been a reason why the Nets have been having success.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could argue it's a huge X factor for the Nets' run. You know, him, you know, being the third best player in this team over the last month. You know, since the trade deadline, if he can maintain this and play well offensively, it just adds another aspect. He becomes the guy that you just can't leave wide open. You know, we saw in the Cavs, Isaac Okoro. Couldn't play in this game because he couldn't do anything offensively at all. He was 0-3 from three, and they had to bench him, even though he was their best defensive option against Kyrie Irving.
2: No, that's it. So it's that's why and because Bruce has been hitting that three ball a little bit and you can yeah. sort of tell when the right ones are going and, and two of six like that's a high volume for Bruce and I think and not that,
1: all corner threes
2: no not and I, I think that the corner ones are the ones that I'm a lot more comfortable yeah, with because I just think that his range he ain't patty you know patty tonight hit a bloody deep one um, and Derek's kind of been the deepest one I've seen from patty in Annette's uniform I think it was as well. I, I, as soon as he shot that, I'm like, he's going to oh. hit this. Yeah, I just I could feel it was it was in front of like the the nets bench, and he hit a nice one earlier off the handoff from Bruce Brown as well, and I thought that was going in as well because his body was just his feet were facing the basket mm-hmm. and he got immediately set and you know i was in the building so he's obviously gonna hit yeah. the the majority of them as well i just thought Patty was was great tonight provided really good energy and was was good on the defensive end also probably could have played a, a little bit more given Seth's struggles but ultimately you know it all it'll happen for, for the right reasons in in that sort of respect but yeah in in all honesty nick bruce keeps doing bruce things then the nets will We'll keep winning. It's just going to be interesting how he's using it in a Boston series where they have a little bit more size on the wing and some of their guards where, you know, he doesn't have a natural matchup like a Darius Garland. Darius Garland still had his own tonight, but uh, in a lot of those were possessions where he wasn't being guarded by Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown certainly made life tough for him. And when it was Mobley or whoever else setting the screen, Bruce Brown was just like, all right, I'll get through this and I'll still be able to make life tough for Darius Garland.
1: Yeah, I think. Um- Bruce did spend some time on Jason Tatum in the last matchup. Obviously, the Celtics kind of forced him off of him. So we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, we'll do you know, a playoff preview very soon. But getting just a couple more notes on Bruce. One thing I like from the Nets in this game, and we brought it up previously in some of, you know, the previous recaps is him bringing the ball up and initiating the offense forcing the defense to defend him. And if they don't, now he has a wide-open dribble handoff for Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, or Patty Mills. And we saw that happen a couple times. There's one play right off in my head that, you know, right off the dribble handoff, Patty Mills got a wide-open three at the top of the key. It's just utilizing him. Hey, you're going to sag off five to 10 feet. That's cool. We can use that to our advantage and try to create something out of it. And you saw the same thing with Kevin Durant allowed him to get downhill a little bit more. So and like you said, also with Bruce, he's so physically strong that he can set a good screen on those dribble handoffs and you don't necessarily have to worry
2: about the ball being knocked out because like he's a brick wall for his eyes. Do you think that he's initiating the offense a little bit too much, Nick, or are you happy with the role that he's playing over there?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I don't mind him initiating the offense. I think uh, a couple of the floaters I would have removed tonight. There was a time where he tried to attack Evan Mobley one on one where it's just like Mobley's a really good player. Yeah, Bruce, you're hitting some shots tonight. But like I think he ended up hitting like the side of the backboard or something or like low level of the backboard. So I think uh, I don't mind it because it definitely alleviates pressure from Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and just also just like. The fatigue of handling the basketball and in a playoff game it's different than a regular season game because guys are trying to get that steal they're trying to get that opportunity to create you know just a little burst a little momentum so there is more pressure especially like you saw Rajon Rondo like riding Kevin Durant up the court in the second half so it's just having Bruce handle the ball just take some of that pressure away
2: yeah and and I think that you pointed out I want you to share because I don't want to steal your points to make myself sound smarter that's what I've done for fi- over 500 episodes in this podcast, <laughs> w- what did you allude to in terms of Bruce Brown's role in terms of initiating and how it allows him to be a more effective offensive player?
1: Um... What do you mean by that, Jack? When like, you were
2: sort, when you were sort of saying how it it makes him more of a dangerous offensive threat in terms of the fact that he's obviously doesn't have the the three level scoring that Kyrie and KD do. So if the ball's in his hands, he can you know hand it off and then yeah cut and, and head to the basket and do those sort of things.
1: Yeah, I mean he can run the dribble handoffs like I just mentioned. Then also he's capable of just putting pressure and getting downhill. I think one thing that I really loved when he had the ball in his hands in this game was when he was attacking the creases of the zone. And just trying to force it to collapse. And then or, you know, you saw Andre Drummond in this game give him what they call a Gortat screen, which is just kind of using a big man to seal the other big man off and giving yourself a wide open lane. So it's creating stress for the defense because going into the game, I think a lot of the game plans don't necessarily have, you know, Bruce Brown. It's like, hey, that's the guy that we're going to kind of let do his thing. And when he's playing well and operating like this, the guys are able to kind of play off him because now they're forced to make an adjustment mid-game. You know, it just puts it just puts more pressure on them, and it just doesn't allow them to get a freebie. Like I kind of alluded to with Isaac Okoro, and I'm not trying to shit on Isaac Okoro; he'll be a good player down the line. But offensively, if you can't do anything and
2: you're not defended, it's playing five on four. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing at the end of the day. So he, and it's been a, a new wrinkle, and I think that it's it's good coaching from Steve Nash to to utilize the skill set that we know that Bruce Brown has had. And it's a, a full credit to Bruce Brown because what he was an initially, you know, when he was sort of a Brooklyn net, was a play finisher that sort of, you know, small ball five, you know, the, the Bruce Brown sort of role. Yep. Whereas now he's sort of like a point center guard, point guard center. He's a 5 player. He just does literally
1: everything on the floor.
2: Yeah, it's... We, he's a he's a hooper. He's a hooper. He's just a straight up hooper. He just does everything out there defensive, offensive, you know, all, all the little gritty stuff. We love Bruce.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data
4: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah, and the Nets are going to need him like I alluded to before, but moving over to a guy who just had a classic, you know, just an excellent performance in so many different aspects, and that was Kyrie Irving. 34 points, 12 of 15 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 7 of 7 from the free throw line, 3 rebounds, 12 assists, 1 steal and 4 turnovers. I mean, he really couldn't have played much better offensively.
2: No, he is as pure as it gets. That 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 was the 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 adjective that sprung to mind and I might have stolen it from a a couple of fans I was sitting next to. They're just like, he's so pure, man. He's so pure. And I'm like, I mean, that's
1: what KD calls it. Every time he's like, yeah, he's just a pure hooper. I mean, it's just pure basketball. And like a lot of players around the league, it's just
2: effortless. He's just, the way he moves, there is a, it's, it's almost entrancing. You know, you just sort of, it's, you get lulled into this weird trance where it's just like, you're on drugs, or you're high, or something. It's just like I can't stop watching this thing. It's just that the, there's 17,000 people in the arena. There's Jay Z over there. There's Kevin Durant over there. There's Steve Nash over there. But all I I can't stop watching Kyrie yeah. Irving dazzle with the ball in his hands, whether it's shooting a, a a three or weaving through defenders or you know finishing layups or finishing off the glass or you know, finishing ridiculous buzzer beaters. He's just He's in his bag right now, Nick, and and that bag is is, is deeper and deeper. I brought over you know, a suitcase where I was allowed to bring about 23 kilos, which is about 50 pounds for those playing along at home in the the old northern hemisphere. I feel like that Kyrie Irving's skills, I need to get three extra suitcases to fill up the depth of his skill set as his bag. Yeah, I mean, his bag is
1: probably luggage for a family of eight. <laughs> it's really like that. I mean, it's incredible to watch, and you're lucky enough to see it in person two times in a row and both great games, but... Obviously we know he can do this from a scoring perspective. I think what I was most impressed with in this game was his passing. There was just plays in this game where he was setting up his teammates and he was doing it in a way where he was purposely taking the attention of the defense and setting up an Andre Drummond for an easy dunk.
2: Yeah. And tonight the via the Brooklyn Nets page, the first Nets teammates to record 20 plus points and 10 plus assists or 10 or more assists uh, since 1993 with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving tonight. The, I think in the first half, they were the ball movement and the, this is the, the identity of the nets right now in terms of the, the way that they move the ball around, you know, 33 assists for the team on 45 made field goals. You know, a lot of that was, you know, clack stunks, pick and roll stuff with Andre Drummond, all those different little things. And it's just like the net's, while they have their prime a superstars, you know, the great cut of meat, you know, the the I don't know what are the good cuts of meat in terms of like beef or whatever, but they are the nice steaks, the old rump steak or whatever. But you still got a classic, like your little, you know, Shake Shack burger with a bit of beef <laughs> mince over here with Bruce Brown, Andre Drummond, and Clax with a little bit of buffalo seasoning. I actually went to Shake Shack tonight before the game, Nick. Bloody delicious. Yeah, I'm um, but <laughs> it, w- it was not as delicious as Kyrie Irving shot making tonight. I was salivating.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, Jack, earlier, he missed one shot in the first half. And it wasn't like he took easy shots. There was plays, like, the fadeaway over Kevin Love. Actually, Kevin Love played a relatively good defense. And he was fingertips away from the ball. And Kyrie just kind of banked it in. It was just like, damn. I mean, there was just some plays in this game. And it was just like, wow. And, I mean, he didn't miss from two. His own, All of his misses were just from three. He was three of six from deep. And every every
2: two-point shot he hit in this game. The, and, and this is... It's a scary sight because, look, a, a part of me is just like, ah, uh, it's Kyrie going to have one bad game in Boston? A part of me just feels that that could happen. You know, obviously, I don't think I have any wood in this Airbnb that I'm currently at right now, I but do. Nick's going Nick's to knock on it for me. But in all honesty, if, if Kyrie continues to bring even 75% of what he's brought the last two games, the Nets are going to be in a good spot. And, you know, his efficiency is out of this world. There is, I, I honestly do believe that, and, and again, it's, it's probably a recency, he it's just because I've seen him live. I've never seen a shot maker the, the likes of Kyrie Irving since I've followed basketball. And again, I'm not a, a, an extensive basketball historian. I wasn't, you know, I was like five years old for the Jordan days. Wasn't really a big basketball fan when Kobe Bryant was sort of doing those things. But there is a unique creativity and imagination that Kyrie Irving brings to this game of basketball that few of us can even dream of it's just like how and why and when and where and what and when it's just like he's on another plane another level of just hoops man hoops next level
1: I mean, I just, like, was thinking about it watching the game. Uh, Like, if I was in an open gym and I had, like, 20 opportunities to try to hit all the shots he hit consistently in a row, I couldn't even do it. Like, just in an open gym, And the fact he's doing this with defense is in a play-in stress situation. Obviously, he's played in the biggest games that you can play in in terms of the NBA Finals and hit incredible shots and, you know, essentially the game-winning shot for the Cavs. So this is not a big deal for him, but it's still – an. Very close to a do-or-die situation, and him to play at this level is just incredible.
2: Yeah, and now get some rest before Sunday, so it's just like, you know, you put it all out there. 34 points on 15 shots, Nick, is uh, just—I'm laughing. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just really incredible. It's just really good stuff from Kyrie, and hopefully this is just the start of a very hot shooting stretch that lasts, you know, for the next three months.
2: Hopefully, 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 fingers crossed.
1: But uh, moving over to Kevin Durant, an, a great game for Kevin Durant. I know some people were com- complaining about him saying that he wasn't doing enough, but I mean, the guy had 25 points, 9 of 16 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 6 of 6 on the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 11 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks, and only 1 turnover, and I thought he was clearly the Nets' best defensive player. 5
2: stocks. Yeah. 2 steals and 3 blocks. And- In all momentum stocks. They, were, they led to big, big plays on the other end of the floor. And for the stat that I put out on Twitter, who might not follow me, when Kevin Durant registered nine assists or more this season, this is obviously before tonight, the Nets had a 9-2 and two record compared to a 7-6 and six record when he scored 35 points or more. So when Kevin Durant dishes out those dimes, the Nets play well. Because Nick, make that 10-2. and two. Yeah, make that ten and two. I like that, Jack. And
1: I think also what it does is involves the teammates. They play a more, you know, team-oriented style of basketball. And it's funny is because teams are thinking to themselves like, "Yo, let's force the ball out of Katie's hands and force someone else to beat us." But Katie's passing has been really good when he's locked in and engaged, and he's just finding guys for. Easy plays. I mean, it got to the point in the fourth quarter where they were just, you know, double teaming double teaming KD off the Bruce Brown pick and rolls. Bruce was taking the ball, driving to the rim, and hitting Claxon for an oop. and it happened yeah. about three or four times. And you know, there's not really much you can do in that situation if you're going to double a player.
2: It's death by you know a thousand cuts. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just you know you,
1: death by a thousand dunks.
2: What? Yeah, death by a thousand dunks. Like, which way do you want to die? Do you want to die by? The easy money sniper, do you want to buy, die by Kai-3 Irving? Do you want to die by, you know, Bruce Brown, you know, hip and shouldering you for, for and ones or clacks with his, you know, ferocious dunks and landings like he's Black Widow? <laughs> Ultimately, that's where we know where the Nets look best. You know, I've put out lineups and combinations and stuff. I'm running out of stats, Nick. You know, I hope this the Nets go for a very, very long time and I have to find new stuff. But it, it, it's, it's obvious where the Neds do look best and the combinations they do look best. When it's Bruce, it's Clax, it's Katie, it's Kyrie, and it's whoever else. Seth, yeah. Patty, Kess, whatever the, the Whoever's occasion. Whoever's
4: knocking
1: call. down th- the three-point shot.
2: Exactly. And, you know, look, you might throw Joe Harris in that next season, but that's a discussion for another day. But.
1: And that would be very, very fun. And, you know, you have the potential to swap Bruce out for Ben Simmons, who we'll touch on again at the end of this show. More
2: Ben Simmons news. And we literally recorded a couple of days ago.
1: Yeah, I mean... I was just really happy with the performance from Kevin Durant. Just very locked in and engaged. And then when it came to the time for him to step up and be that closer, he hit just incredible shots. You know, there was one pull-up jumper over Evan Mobley. Mobley played it as
2: good as you really could play it, and KD just knocked it down. He's the most unguardable player that we've ever seen. I've, I'm throwing out the hyperbole today because, honestly, it's, it's probably not hyperbole because I think... It might maybe the hyperbole that I was using was probably more in relation to Kyrie Irving, but Kevin Durant literally is the most unguardable player that we've ever seen. And I think with the size that you alluded to, you know, Kyrie Irving was raving about it. It's sort of like when people talk about LeBron James and Luka Doncic because those guys are a big guard, six seven, six eight, six nine. So they can see passing angles that the likes of, you know, Darius Garland and, and some of these other shorter guards can't see. Kevin Durant's as tall as Andre Drummond, who's our center. Yep. He can see over, under, through every angle that he needs to. And, you know, he's passing – he's dropping dimes like it's no one else's business. Now, obviously, that relies on, you know, the, the great angles that Bruce Brown is rolling in, Andre Drummond rolling really hard, Clax rolling hard, making and, – and all those guys making the right plays out of the short roll – but Kevin Wren's doing the right things and, and hitting those teammates. You know, only the one turnover tonight for 11 assists. That's some Chris Paul shit.
1: Yeah, and I mean honestly, it was a good play from Laurie Marketin. Obviously, I think KD has a tendency with the bounce pass to have more turnovers and Marketin, you know, just made a good play. I think KD kind of underestimated him, and then later in the game he kind of turned it up. Uh, like the the thing that really stuck out to me is like Marketing did a solid job, but then it would have got to the point where he was like had him in the post on baseline and then he beat him off dribble and got the wide open dunk. That's kind of when you knew that this game was going to be over because the Cavs, I think at that point, just started to run out of options of what they can throw at Kevin Durant.
2: No, and ultimately, they couldn't generate enough offense for yeah. more important stretches for themselves. And like, yeah, the Nets kept, defense. No, yeah, and definitely. And I think that the Nets defense in the first half where they limited Darius Gunn, they limited Evan Mobley. It was Kevin Lovett that was the leading scorer in the first half, and yep. you know, he was hitting some tough shots, and he was bullying Kessler Edwards a little bit, and who we'll get to uh, probably at some point. But in, in all honesty, Nick, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie having our two leaders, you know, leading us to, to the all-important win, and hopefully more of them going forward. Yeah, I mean, they played like superstars in a game that you want them to play like superstars. You want
1: your best players to show up when it matters and when you have an opportunity to go to the playoffs, and they did that. And just to touch on the Nets' defense, one thing I'll say I like what they did tonight is they forced a lot of guys that you want to see shooting the three ball. Like I mentioned earlier, Isaac Okoro, oh, 0-3 three from three. Rajon Rondo, 1-5 from three. Jetty Osmond, 0-2 oh, from three. You know, yeah, Garling was 3-6 of six and Love was 3-4. of four, But Lavert 1-2. of Markadon, 1-4. of four. And Markadon had, you know, some good looks, but a lot of time I thought the Nets did a solid job contesting out there. So limiting the three-point shots for the other team has been an issue for the Nets the last two weeks of the season. It's nice to see them have a solid game in their first postseason matchup
2: yeah absolutely and and we know the nets aren't the the best defensive team in the world there's noisy stats out there about the nets being one of the better defensive teams in the last month of the season they also had one of the easiest runs home so they're playing defense against you know the likes of orlando and some of these other teams so you can take that with a, a grain of salt i think that statistically you need to this is sort of like where you go, okay, stats versus eye test. What am I going to lean towards when it comes to providing the greatest level of context to what is relevant? Here, it's probably you know the eye test. You know, yeah. Can the Nets play good enough defense for important stretches? Yeah, they've shown that they can do it, but it's going to be harder when it's greater offenses. When you've got Jalen Brown, when you've got Jason Tatum, when you've got Marcus Smart, you know, when you got, you know, probably a few other guys that'll chip in here and there for for the Boston Celtics, but yeah, a guy like Jason Tatum, a guy like Jalen Brown, stopping those guys, that those sort of players, especially Jason Tatum, are pushing the realms of Kyrie Irving Kevin Durant status where they can just make you look silly despite playing good defense on them and you still need to maintain good defense. And I think one thing that the Nets did well tonight as well I thought was as a team rebounded the ball really well to finish possessions. There was a couple of times where you know they they, they were really really good and the ball just tipped out and I'm just like okay that was a good defensive possession and they were trying to all really get the rebound and it just deflected and, and the Cavs got another shot out of it. But I think overall, you know, they're rebounding tonight. Let me take a quick look. They had 43 boards to the Cavs, 40. And the Cavs are a little bit bigger of a team. So that I think to the fact that they could gain an advantage, you know, obviously Drummond's going to do his thing in there. You know, Bruce Brown was amazing on that end of floor and Clax continued. There was some boards. A great Clax rebounds. <laughs> Bro. Well, again, I had a, it seemed to me like a lot of the really great moments from tonight were, you know, happening on my side of the court. He just like I was just like, wait, how high did you actually jump? It felt like he jumped up that his head was probably at level with the rim. Yep. getting the rebound. I'm just like, man, my my dude, Clax has got hops. So I was yelling at Clax City. No one joined in, unfortunately, <laughs> like they did when you were at the game. But you know, I think the, that everyone knows that Clax City, he can he can he can hop, mate. He can hop.
1: Yeah, I mean, he got up on a couple of those oops, too. And I think, funny enough, Klax is actually the next point I was getting to. And it's like you mentioned, the, the the great defense the Nets can play compared to just, like, you know, the good to pretty good. And I think when Klax is on the floor, you can see the difference. Like, there's just a big difference between what he can do defensively and what Andre Drummond can do. And obviously, that's not a hot take in any way. It's just... Clax's versatility, but also his shot blocking, like you alluded to, Jack. Five blocks for him tonight. And three. Five from... blocks, Nick.
2: Five. And he got to play extended minutes, too.
1: Yeah. And two of them were on Darius Garland, a guy that's hard to block because yep. he's very crafty going to the rim. And they were clean as hell. And oh, the, the block on the Kevin Love dunk attempt, <laughs> I love the attitude he had afterwards. It's like, Get no. that
2: shit out of here. Oh, man. Clax K- has, like, I want to be as cool as Nick Claxton. I'm never going to be like, I'm just not like the dude is like a chiseled God. He's got the, the gorgeous locks. He's an insane athlete who can just block anything. And it, like when he dunks, he like, he just sort of throws his hair up. Yep. It sort of like, feels like he's trying to get himself injured after he dunks. It's just like clacks. Don't get it, it. It's similar to it's like Bruce. a celebration almost when he dunks. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I love it. I absolutely do love it. You know, the, and I think that's, Him and Bruce sort of just give you that little bit of extra oomph. You know, we always talked about, you know, X-factor sort of things in previous Nets iterations. You know, what can they do out on the floor? But Bruce and, and Nick bring that in spades on both ends of the floor. And, you know, when they're both out there, Nick, the Nets have a 103 defensive rating in 325 minutes. Don't know if I tweeted that one out Yep, Maybe I'll have to tweet it out tomorrow. I've lost track of all the, the stats that I put out there, but it's a two-man combination. In 325 minutes this season, the Nets have a 103 defensive rating when both of our best defenders, with Kevin Durant, obviously, are out there. Actually, might add Kevin Durant to that mix and see what we get. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it makes sense, given what the guys can do, given their versatility too. between the two. You know, Clax obviously can switch essentially one through five, and Bruce Brown's a guy that... If he does get caught in the post against a big, you feel at least he's going to put up a fight. So really happy with the way Claxon played. It's actually somewhat, I think, surprising that Drummond was plus nine and Clax was minus
2: two. Yeah, no, I agree with that. There was actually a guy a couple of rows in front of me. He's like, bring on Drummond! And I'm like, why? But then, like, you know, obviously when Drummond was out there, I do think that he's... Physicality on Mobley made him a little bit uncomfortable, whereas Mobley was like, "Ah, oh, Clax is as skinny as me. Like, yeah. oh, I can take this guy down low." So I think that while I think Clax's impact on the team overall was big, in individual matchups, you know, obviously he can switch on to uh, Garland a couple of times, as we alluded to. You know, him and Bruce did a really good job while on on switches, as did Kevin Durant um, with that as well. So yeah, it's it's a surprise. I think Drummond's but-
1: also a better finisher. You know, in terms of like, if there's a body in the paint, he can attack that body and dunk on them. Where Clax sometimes can be timid or just end up at the free throw line, and that's something I don't think he loves to do at this
2: point. No, he doesn't have as much craft down there. And Andre Drummond, you know, doesn't isn't a great free throw shooter either. I yeah, did one find of this... six for Clax, two of five for Drummond at the free throw line. Not great. Yeah, look, there, there could be some some hacker big man coming in, in the playoffs. And look, we I'm... saw that
1: tonight with a Claxton when he got the ball. I think it was one twenty six left. Smart move yep. from the Caps. Yeah, it I... was. And Kyrie was like, "Dude, you got to pass the ball sooner, or they're just going to do that to you."
2: Yeah, and look, I think that the the Nets will be smarter about that, and you know there might be times where they just sub out Nick Clark's for certain periods and go Katie at the five and have Paddy, uh, yeah. and you know during sort of stretches out there to sort of sub him in. And, you got know, Patty, Seth, uh, and, and and Bruce, who's you know okay from there um, in in that respect. I found it again, Nick. I, I think I put this stat out a little while ago, but there's a greater sample size now. Added in Kevin Durant into that sample size, Bruce Brown. Nick Claxton and Kevin Durant, you get a 97.13 defensive rating so it goes down six it goes up six it gets six points better let's put
3: it that way
1: yeah I, I mean and it's not surprising given how Kevin Durant plays and then the versatility that you provide with those three on the floor and like we've talked about a lot in the past is there are three nets that are able to help and recover where that's an issue for a lot of other guys in this team given their size or their athleticism so Really happy with and Like you mentioned, Jack, him playing 29 minutes is a nice boost to see what it's going to be like for him in the Boston series. But I guess quickly touching on Andre Drummond, you know, 16 points, 7 11 from the field, 2 of 5 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 4 offensive, 1
2: steal, did have 3 turnovers. What'd you think of Drummond overall? Yeah, this was the good and bad from Andre Drummond because there were just like, there were times where I don't mind if a guy fouls, but there were just times where Andre Drummond fouled for like, Wait, the why first two f-
1: fouls were dumb.
2: That was so dumb. And it's just like, I always, I don't always say, but I, I think I should always say, if you're going to foul, make him earn it. Like Evan Mobley is like, he's a foot taller than me and probably weighs the same. He shouldn't be able to finish through contact through Andre John. He's probably got 30, 40 pounds on him. Yeah. Make him freaking earn it. Knock him to the floor. Whack his arms. Like make it a borderline flagrant. You know, use your body and physicality out there. So if you're gonna foul, foul, you know make it make those numbers earn it because it's just it's a little bit frustrating because he's done he's done it a little bit and it it's sort of a it's an easy out because the Nets play quality defense and it's just like okay well then let's just bail them out and they get like either a side out of bounds or they get some free throws. And it's it's just a bit deflating as well, given like you know oh, we did all of that, and yep. you know Andre Drummond does you know this this dumb thing. But at the same time, as we alluded to earlier, his physicality I thought was really good tonight. His rebounding was good tonight. He's obviously a really good finisher, and he's got some nice pick and roll chemistry um, with both. And he's he, I think he's he's getting better just you know getting out in, in the court. And I think he, because he's such a good screener as well, you know Katie and Kyrie. Really do utilize screens well. That's another. I put out too many stats in my timeline, Nick. I, I can't believe it, that I've memorized them. But you know, Kevin Durant, when he gets at least he gets at least three screens a game, and he gets one point one two points off you know each screen. You know, that's just quality offense into itself. So Drummond's good enough. Yeah, good enough. I think
1: the the play that like really said like lack of discipline. I think is the one you're alluding to, where he bit on the Mobley pump fake very early in the game, where it's just like. Just go straight up in that situation. You don't need to get the block. You're in solid position. And if he bumps you and makes that shot, that's a tough shot. And you just have to kind of accept that rather than giving him, you know, two free throws at the line. So always room for improvement. I think defensively is just where I want him to be more disciplined and play at a higher level. And
2: I think he's capable of doing it. It's just not consistent. Yeah. And that's why it's th- this was sort of the point where. Is this the most... I'm going to actually look it up as well. Is this the most minutes that Klax has played, you know, for a certain period? I'll look it up on Basketball I think it's definitely probably the most minutes he's played in a playoff game by far. Easily, because... and, And that's, you know, last year, you know, he was played off the floor because he was just... He didn't have the consistency. He wasn't impacting the game well enough on both ends of the floor, whereas now the identity of the team allows him to thrive on both ends you know he's a wonderful athlete you know the when obviously like you alluded to we've spoken about we'll, we'll we'll be repeating a few points here you know bruce can throw the lobs to him katie can throw the yep. lobs to him his catch katie, radius is crazy his catch radius is crazy you know katie bruce pick and roll katie clacks pick and roll katie drummond pick and roll Katie, KD can do pick-and-roll with absolutely anyone on this roster field. He, do it KD and Patty Mills pick-and-roll. See what happens there. We saw
1: some Kyrie and KD pick-and-pop. Yeah, I think yeah. that's something that we'll see the Nets probably go to a little bit more because that just puts you in a lot of pressure and that allows them to really get a mismatch because teams have... Tended to go bigger against Kevin Durant. Obviously, they went with Karis LeVert, Laurie Market in this game a lot, a little bit of Lamar Stevens. So it was a mixed bag, but it just provides opportunities for them to find mismatches. And obviously, if you double off of that with a Kyrie Irving action,
2: uh, you're very happy getting a good look for Kyrie from three. Absolutely. And I think that it's it's all sort of like the KD Steph Curry pick and roll that they didn't use it a lot you know, in regular season and unimportant moments for the Warriors. But when it mattered, Steve Nash is like, okay, yeah, you guys should probably do this a lot because you're two of the best offensive players to ever play the game. Hopefully Kyrie and KD do it a little bit more. But KD... takes
1: the defense out of position too, Jack, is because now if, you know, it's Kyrie and KD and you're not wanting to give those guys an open shot. So now a third defender is coming from somewhere and now the defense is now out of formation. So now all the help and the rotations are a little out of funk. Unless you're playing an elite team in Boston, it's probably one of the best teams at rotating and playing defense in the NBA, but it's just another way to kind of put pressure and stress on the opposing team, and that's what you're trying to do every possession.
2: Definitely. Uh, The most minutes that Klax has played was against the Utah Jazz on the 21st of March, where he played 27 and a half minutes. Other than that, there's one 27-minute performance, uh, another 26-minute performance, But, yeah, in those sort of 18, 19 games, you know, he's been mid-20s, early 20s. So, to see this from Clax, obviously two minutes doesn't make all the difference in the world. But, you know, it's just, it's It's the level of trust. Yeah, trust and maturation.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you told me Clax didn't even play 29 minutes in the Milwaukee Bucks series last year, I'd probably believe you. I would too. So uh, it's really great growth from him. And like we talked about, a lot of the things that he's developing that are just, you know, natural big man things on the floor. But
2: Jack, what do you want to talk about next? We can get to Patrick Samuel Mills, Nick, because I thought that Patty's 17 minutes tonight were invaluable in a lot of ways. You know, the threes that he did hit, you know, that absolute heater from deep. And that was
1: part of that first quarter momentum drive
2: it really really was and you know he got the other three that he got was off the the nice little handoff from Bruce you know and I think that can be a nice little sort of combo that I think can be utilized a little bit more too because now that Patty's feeling himself a little bit more you know off handoffs and and off movement is where you know he, he can hit a, a lot of threes and you know that it was one of the, the tougher threes you know obviously the deep deep three was <laughs> incredibly tough but you know the this the, the go ahead straight ahead threes are a lot tougher because of the distance but I I think I chatted to you off wax. I was sort of talking about the fact that I knew both of those were going in. Just there's a sense that us Aussies have for each other. (laughs) We just have this understanding. It's like you and Katie or any other American out there. You just know, yep, that's money. But with me and Patty, there's just this this synergy. It's like Freaky Friday. Uh, But I just know what's going on with Patty. And I I thought also today his defense was really, really good. I, I thought that he showed some really good chops there. And one of the most egregious... Absolutely awful, worst freaking course I have ever seen. Literally ever seen. And again, maybe it would have been a bit more consumable if I was watching it on TV. But in person, I watched it happen. So, let's let's paint the picture for everyone playing along at home. Paddy Mills goes up to jump and get a rebound. He jumps straight up. And the Cleveland Cavaliers defender proceeds to jump on top of him. Who gets called for the foul, Nick? Patty Mills. What? What are we talking about?
1: Yeah, there was a couple uh, questionable calls in this game. Obviously, we had the Goran Dragic flagrant foul, which, I mean, if we're calling that a flagrant, then there's a lot of things that are going to get called for a flagrant in this day and age. But like you said, you know, Patty just came out with, you know, his juice is back. His energy is back. Maybe that's you being in the States. Maybe that's just him finding his momentum. Maybe it's a combination of both. But the Nets can really use that energy burst and some of those just hustle and extra plays. There's a couple, like you said, Jack, a couple good defensive plays. You know, there was one play where he made the save under the basket after I think he got a strip, and that was just like, all right, Patty, that's like uh, he's going to get beat sometimes just given his size. But if he can counter that with making some of these positive plus plays defensively, it goes a long way
2: goes a massive, massive long way, Nick, and the reason I had to just mute my mic there was because uh, New York City is quite loud, despite the fact that it's 11.39 yes. at night. Uh, but yeah, th- this was just... Big a, surprise. <laughs> yeah, no surprises there at all. Hopefully this mic is getting some good sound quality out of it, because, look, Seth Curry wasn't great tonight by any stretch of the imagination. He had double the amount of minutes of Patty Mills, and I didn't necessarily agree with it, but just having Seth out there, he was still plus five, but Paddy Mills was plus five in his 17 minutes as well. So ultimately, it didn't change the result. But if it did, I think we would have heard, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, why didn't Paddy Mills play 25 minutes and Seth Curry play 22 minutes or something like that?" The result is what it is, uh, but Paddy showed that you know he's he's getting his groove back. Paddy gets his groove back.
1: Yeah, and I think just touching on Seth, he just like wasn't very in rhythm the game he wasn't very involved with a lot of the sets and some of that's also the Cavs didn't really help off of him and that's why we saw some of those you know Bruce Brown oops or Andre Drummond or Nick Claxton getting wide open dunks is because they weren't pulling off Seth but also I just felt like he wasn't super involved in the game plan he also too made a couple good defensive plays out there you know just trying to make the right rotation or reading the floor there was one transition play where he was coming back and made just a perfect read off Karis LeVert and picked off the pass he was throwing to the corner where it's just like okay Seth like similar to patty he's gonna get beat sometimes given his size
2: but if he can make a couple you know impact plays that's gonna be huge yeah and i think that that's just the team overall nick when you know the best defensive players are doing their thing and kevin durant is leading the way you you can't help but follow you know or else you're, you're gonna get taken off the floor you're gonna lose those minutes you're just gonna get scolded by your teammates you know all the all of that and and more so look Seth wasn't great tonight by any stretch of the imagination. Hopefully, it was just some of the discomfort from the ankle, and hopefully, a little bit more rest uh, and immobility allows him to get a bit more strength in it, and and just to, you know, hopefully, it's it's feeling a little bit better for you know the tougher opponent going up against those Boston Celtics, you know, a, a away from home. But if he isn't, then maybe Patty Pally is a little bit more. We'll see how it does pan out. But now the Nets have both of those guys. You know, Seth has been tremendous for the Nets, despite you know the injury that he has been playing through. And Patty Mills is now starting to play, so hopefully we can get both of those guys, you know, fit and firing, because it just gives the Nets a bit more versatility from the perimeter and unlocks things a bit more offensively.
1: And now they have another option too, giving Goran Dragic back. You know, he didn't play much in this game, a little bit under 10 minutes. Finished with three points, one of three from the field, one of one from three, two rebounds, zero assists. Did have one steal.
2: He stole uh, the gonads from Darius Garland.
1: Yeah, I guess he did. Yeah, obviously got called for the flagrant, which was a somewhat momentum play in this game. You know, the Cavs ended up having a five-point possession because they he hit the two free throws and they ended up hitting a three, I think, off an offensive rebound. So that was pretty important. Obviously, not a huge fan of that call. And Gorin, too looked like he was a little out of the rhythm or out of rhythm, given he you know was just sitting in a hotel room for the last five to six days in Atlanta.
2: Yeah, but he hit the first shot that he took.
1: Yeah. You know, and it was just like—and it was part I, another. It was part of that momentum run too.
2: Yeah, no, it was. It's just, you know, basketball is energy, Nick. It's it's yeah. a very hard thing to quantify when you're just at a game. You sort of just you feel the rhythm there.
1: Yeah, you can like sense it.
2: Yeah, you can. There's something in the air tonight, as Phil Collins would say. But in yeah, Goran it's, you know, it's just good to have another healthy body out there, and and hopefully going forward, you know, he, this. At least being out there does him the world of good because, you know, his ball handling, you know, is 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 important to alleviate some of the pressures from Kevin Durant and and that sort of thing. I don't know if he gets a few shots here and there. But you know, he's just gotta get he he still isn't totally acclimated to this team's tendencies fully. Yeah. But I still think that he provides, you know, a skill set that is Positive for this Nets team overall, you know, he can shoot the three ball okay enough. He can get downhill well enough. He's a really, really good passer. It's just that sometimes, you know, some of the other guys aren't ready enough for some of those passes because, you know, he still has a a high level of creativity and savviness that I think uh, is going to have an impact on this Nets team.
1: And he plays with some grit, too. I think you love that. And then he's obviously hit some big shots for the Miami Heat in their postseason, running their run to the finals. And obviously, he's not going to play that type of role with the Nets, but, you know, there's going to be opportunities for him to step up. Uh, And touching on our guy, Kessler Edwards, rough rough night for him. Zero points, 0-5 from the field, 0-4 from three. Had no other stats in this one. Definitely felt like uh, just a nervous rookie on the floor.
2: Yeah, he was certainly green tonight. It's like I don't know. I'm just maybe it's because it's getting a little bit later. Maybe it's I don't know. I'm starting to get over the jet lag, Nick. But maybe just kicking back in again. But for those that are the below deck fans out there, where they call the the people that are on the on the deck, the deckhands, you know, that that are green, that are inexperienced. Well, Kessler Edwards was green and inexperienced, and you know he missed all four of his three point shots. He missed the other shot that he did take as well. And some of them were ill advised. He was minus ten in those eight minutes. But I think that to get that rust out now is going to be a good thing. And hopefully we head forward into the Boston Celtics game. I think Kess Leibniz is going to be more important for that game because it gives you another body. And even if he doesn't do anything offensively for us, as long as he gives you a level of capability on Brown and or Tatum, that's going to be the gravy thing. You know, he had a couple of shots today to be good because I think. You offense- need to
1: just hit like one or two threes to make him stay honest
2: or in just an easy layup, get in transition or something. I think that that just sort of gets out the rust, gets out the nerves and such, and that could certainly happen. So honestly, Nick, you know, I I, I wasn't surprised uh, that it sort of happened with with the Kess Express tonight. But look this is it happens to everyone i'm not sure everyone can be kevin durant in in their first you know really obviously this isn't a playoff game but it was a playoff like atmosphere i mean
1: it essentially is i know a lot of people have been like oh it's not the postseason well i mean it happened after the regular season ended so what else would you really call it in this situation you know what i mean it's postseason so uh and like i agree with Cass. i think hopefully he can do something offensively I, I i would be a little concerned if he's not knocking down anything because then it becomes a five or four five on four situation but if he can just knock down like i said you know one three in game one you know just a, enough to be like you know we can't leave this guy wide open because it got to the point where he missed his first you know couple shots and the caps are like all right we're not going to really defend you
2: yeah and we'll see how it, it pans out against the celtics
1: yeah i agree jack and obviously you know I think this is an important win, obviously, for the Nets because they did clinch a playoff spot, but it's important in a sense, too, is it's a pressure situation where the team could build some cohesion and chemistry and kind of build some trust with each other, and now they have four days of rest before they have you know, their first-round matchup. So it's almost, in a weird way, I think ideal that they had to play the play-in game to build some more juice up rather than going straight into the playoffs, especially with a group that just doesn't have a lot of reps together.
2: That's it. It's just positive momentum going forward yeah
1: jack anything else you want to touch on from this game
2: uh not really nick it was just you know i'm two and i good to to watch some more wins good to be part of that atmosphere surrounded by the celebrities and such you know uh, but it was a, it was a fun game to be at
1: yeah and i mean i think just my final note would be i just love for the nets to play you know four good quarters you know today we got one elite quarter one Mediocre quarter, another mediocre quarter, and then another mediocre quarter. Probably, I would even say maybe slightly below average for quarter two, three, and four. But given they played at such an elite level in quarter one, it didn't matter quite as much. But Jack, always a pleasure, and hopefully, oh, we've got you're-
2: Ben Simmons news. Nick. Where, oh yes,
1: gonna, you're gonna leave Ben ten hanging. Yeah, I forgot, man. We've been talking about him so much.
2: <laughs> so we got news from Sham Sarania via uh, Pat. Yep. I, I, I should be able to say this guy's name right because it seems like he's providing all of the Ben Simmons. He's just an awesome guy. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be like a cool dude. Uh, Sham said, if the Nets win tonight, they play Boston this weekend. I think games one and two is too quick. But after that, I'd look for Ben Simmons to be back. Game three, Ben. Now, a lot of people are a bit flabbergasted by these new developments, Nick. But, you know, we got stuff from Scoopy Robinson apparently saying that he's walking around like he's Jordan. A lot of great jokes in terms of, is it Michael B. Jordan? Is it DeAndre Jordan? Which Jordan is it? Is it Jordan Farmer? Um, Jordan we also, cool. <laughs> Yeah, and we also heard another thing saying, one Nets player told Ben Simmons in practice today, again, Brandon scoopy Robertson, who has blocked me, so I had to find this through other sources and people screenshotting it to me. He said, one Nets player told Simmons in practice yesterday, make something happen in your life. I don't know what the... <laughs> Hell that Honestly,
0: dude,
1: it kind of like I read those comments and I was like, is this Ballsack sports or is this Scoop B? Because like it just it was definitely strange because it lacked context as well. You know what I mean? Like, who knows what's really going on? But, hey, we got the news from Shams. That's really all that matters that we're going to see him in round one.
2: Yeah, I think that the, the Scoop B stuff. You know, obviously, he Scoopy has a stuff. That's how we can put it. <laughs> Basically, there's a fin. There's, you know, the guy might hit and miss. He'll miss a lot more than he hits. Let's just say that he was Kess Edwards tonight, rather than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And um, that's generally how he goes about it. And look, he can he can't block me on a podcast platform. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, but in saying that, you know, Shams has always switched on when it comes to player stuff. Obviously, the clutch connection that he does have with with the reporting that he has through through those agents as well. So look. Uh, all signs are, are pointing forward. And while I love seeing Ben Simmons strutting stuff with uh, the old fashionable looks that he does possess, it'll be great to see him in the Nets uniform.
1: Yeah, and we saw the Nets post a little, you know, postseason content Nets level and Ben Simmons was included. So you don't necessarily post that unless you think he's going to be playing. It would be kind of a weird look. Look,
2: the, the Aussies continue to show out. I wouldn't be surprised if before I leave, Ben Simmons has a triple-double and his first game back for the Brooklyn Nets. That would be the dream.
1: Yeah, personally, I think the Nets need to pay you to stay here. And that's my opinion. Jack, always a pleasure talking Nets with you. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. And check the buzz on all stream platforms.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.